0: Talk He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance, and for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. I hope all of you are doing well today. I am doing well. It's a wonderful day. It's been crazy. The weather is crazy, but I'm just glad to be alive one more time. Welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with Seeds of Wisdom, Insight, Empowerment, and Liberation, promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming and helping you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around us. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this Illuminating Journey. There are several ways you can do this. You can follow us on all our social media platforms. We're live on all our social media platforms, Zero Network on Facebook, Dr. Lorenzo Neal on Facebook, and, of course, my personal Facebook page. Also, you can connect with us by way of, if you want to join in the dialogue and get your voice heard on the air, you can call 347 237 52330 there it is, 347- 237-5230, you call that, and um, we'll get you on on air if you'd like to do that. And if you want to be brought on and have a dialogue, shoot me an email at uh, PastorLorenzoNeal at com. Shoot me a, an email, and um, we will get you on. Anyway, I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. I'm getting better at this technology stuff integrating video and and um audio together and I I'm I'm glad I'm learning. I'm getting better. I am getting better. So yay to me. <laughs> but anyway, before we get any further, today is the birthday of the honorable Malcolm X. El Hodge himself one who uh changed the perspective for a lot of black men, changing them from mediocre to great men in uh, the nation of Islam. He's rested with the ancestors, but his legacy continues with us today. And we are just taking this moment to, to just remember him. Wherever you are, you give a libation on behalf of Malcolm for the words and the power that he put forth to generations uh, during his time, before his time, and since his time. We honor his memory. We honor his legacy on this day of his birth. And I hope that you're doing something rewarding to empower Black people. Uh, those to do that had a little glitch there. Just a second. Huh? Anyway. We're glad that you are are with us today. We're not going to be too long. This is just going to be a a little short program. Uh, There's a lot going on that I just wanted to come in and talk about. Uh, uh, Paul Mooney. Let me start off with that. Paul Mooney, legendary comedian, uh, writer for a whole lot of black comedy shows, and friend to Richard Pryor passed away today of a heart attack at age 79. If you know anything about Richard Pryor, if you know anything about Paul Mooney, they were so hilarious. Their comedic uh brain was just it was it was just it was beyond what we could comprehend. And not only, not only was he, you know, a comedic genius, but he was also you know, he didn't hold back. He was probably one of the rawest comedians of his generation, and probably even of this generation. I mean, he said things straight. No chaser. He said things, and he said it with intent, and he didn't care who he offended. He didn't care if it was received or not. He just said it. That was, it was liberating. Of course, he was full of controversy. There's still some controversy that was surrounding his sexuality. There was controversy surrounding um, his career. It's why didn't it really take off the way uh, some of his contemporaries did—Bill Cosby, Richard Pryor, uh, and others—and uh, there's there's some some regarding his his advocacy, his activism. The brother wasn't afraid to be pro-black. And I think that may have hem- hampered much of his career. You know, he was pro-black, and he didn't try to do all the other stuff that some comedians sold out to do. I, you know, you have to commend the brother for that. I don't know how wealthy he was, but I do know how influential he was. And that's one of the things that, that's probably the best thing. You know, you could have wealth, and not be influential, or you can have wealth and be influential. Yeah, was that possible? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. If you like, if you want to, uh, feel free to leave a comment about that. Uh, any memories you may have of uh, the late Paul Mooney? And uh, feel free again if you want to. You can leave a comment where you're watching. You can leave a comment there, and uh, we'll we'll make that known. Or if you like, you can call again to put that number up real quick if you want to call get your voice on the air that number is 347-237-5230 so um let's get into there's another thing that i came across today by way of the GRIO uh news outlet regarding um Uh, A celebrated actor that we, I guess we've come to recognize and celebrate, Uh, Billy Porter. Let me pull this article up. I had it just a second ago. Oh, here it is. All right. So, uh, Billy Porter has come out and announced that he has been living with HIV for the last 14 years or so. And that he could not, he did not feel comfortable revealing it to his uh, contemporaries, his fellow co-workers, uh, or anything like that. He, He just didn't feel Comfortable bringing out, and he said he even felt uncomfortable talking about it to his mom. And I, I made a mistake; It's not the Griot. It's uh, the Griot story comes. Uh, the Paul Booney story I got from the Griot. Uh, the uh, the story about uh, uh, Billy is coming from the root. Yeah. Both both good outlets for black media. If you'd like to hear, if you want to know more about that, go visit one of these sites. And I, mean, I think Paul Mooney might be on that one, too. Uh, but anyway, the fact that this brother, uh, you know, he uh, he's always been very, very flamboyant. You know, there was this one uh, Oscar appearance, I believe, where he... he You know, he had this whole ball gown, whatnot, and you know, he was celebrated for being fashion forward and and everything. (laughs) But for for a lot of us men, you know, cisgender black men, we were like, man, this is embarrassing. This brother's coming out with all this and and this is feminine energy and imagery, and this is what's being projected to black boys and. But at the same time, we're like, well, at least we should celebrate that he's confident enough to do it in this very public space, in this very public, uh, you know, place in Hollywood, or some people call it Hollywood. Uh, And he did that. You know, he had had the flamboyance. Now, I remember Billy Boyd back in the 90s when he had the song. And I can't remember the name of the song, but I remember that video of man's brother was singing, had the girl all over him, you know. And he he, he you know, he was very much the nineties R and B singer. That's where he was being groomed for, I guess. But he went to Broadway. That's where he that's where he thrived. Broadway and now we're seeing him in big movies and all of that. And I think he's on this T V show called Pose where uh, it's about the black LGBT plus community in their ballroom that's their voguing. And now I have not seen that TV show. I have not seen it. But I've seen a documentary about this vogue, this dancing that they were doing back in the day. I'm like, man, these brothers had moved. I don't know how they did all that. I mean, they're doing splits and all that stuff uh, in in high heels. Yeah. Nothing I could do, but I got commandos, brother. I got commandos, brothers, who were doing that. I, I, you know, man, go right ahead. Yeah, I, 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 more power to you. But that ain't for me. Anyway, y'all don't take offense to that. I'm not knocking that or being ill <laughs> you know, toward them or anything like that. I'm just saying. But anyway, so Billy Porter in the article, he he talks about his upbringing in the Pentecostal church. And how you know the Pentecostal church is all about holiness and it's all about godliness and it's all about this image of of sanctification. And he had to hold back his identity because he was in the church, and because he was in the church, the very same church that was supposed to be nurturing to him uh, provided that outlet for him to his creative self that led to his success. But he felt he couldn't be full self because of that meat. See if I can pull up some of the things he said here. Uh, He said it said that it wasn't a fear that his status was going to come out or that somebody was going to expose him. It was just a shame that it had happened in the first place. He's talking about coming into contact with uh, being diagnosed HIV positive. The fact that H I P, um, um, he's oh, let me go back. He says, "Look at him. I'm a statistic. He's transcended the disease. He's what H I V positive looks like. His T cell levels are twice of uh, 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 whatever it is because he goes to the doctor. He's 51 years old, and he has to go to the doctor every three months." He doesn't, you know, he said like black, most black people don't trust doctors, but he says he's, he claims that he's the healthiest he's ever been in his life, and he has no more stigma about being HIV positive. Now, I posted his article to my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, and I, I, I captioned it said, at least it's no longer a death sentence. And that's the good thing. I mean, think about it. Back in 91, when Magic Johnson got diagnosed with HIV, literally nobody wanted to be around him. I mean, he had to retire. People didn't want to shake his hand. They didn't want to be on the court with him. And here it is 30 years later. Magic Johnson is still kicking it, man. Johnson had access to the best health care that you could get at the time. And it's very evident because he's still alive. And if you would look at him, you know, you would, you would not even think that he ever had HIV. You know, you know. and same thing with Billy Porter. He's been performing. He's been doing his thing. And you would have never known that he had this disease, largely because there's little, you know, there's the stigma of it has been removed so we're no longer ashamed when we discover people have HIV. And my dog trying to get out of out of the room. <laughs> That's what happens when you let him into the studio while you're recording. But um so well not a real studio, but we're getting there. We're we'll believing God for a real studio very, very soon. You know working out of the house and having this setup is good but we're going to go forward but anyway back to the state the 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 issue is still the fact that hiv aids is still a very real problem in the black community and some would ask a question uh did he did was porter's sexual irresponsibility is, is that worth celebrating? And and then I made the big assumption that I should not have made. I assumed that he got it through sexual transmission. That that's a very wrong assumption of me. So I apologize that that's a wrong assumption. I should not have assumed that, but just the fact that we know in the black community, and I know here statistically where I live, the, the, uh, Statistically, black men and young black men, women still have the highest rates of HIV AIDS in this area. And uh, there was a documentary, I think, was done by Vice specifically uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, and it, tar- it discussed those persons living with AIDS, HIV, in the city and um, the access to health care that they had, uh, the work that they had, the homes that they had, or you know, an environment, all of it, in, in the totality of their existence. And it was, it was kind of sad to see so many of young black men in this area carrying this disease. And though they're living longer and though the medicine, now they got medicine where you can actually you know, not even transmit it at all. And as I understand it, from watching the commercials because they come on TV, um, there there's medicine now that literally re, uh, completely elim- eliminates transmission uh, through sexual contact. Now, that's not a, a thing to say go out and do it, but it basically nullifies transmission, and it doesn't show up in tests. Uh, as I understand, I could be mistaken on that part. So if y'all know something better than me, just let me know. But uh, this medicine, the medicines now that we have prolongs life. person can live a very healthy lifestyle now, and a long lifestyle with the HIV virus. I remember back in college there was a – oh, man, I can't think of a name – but she uh, she traveled the country, especially the universities, talking about her diagnosis with AIDS back when it was a, you know, this was the late 80s, early 90s, when she was traveling around and how she got it by way of uh, a blood transfusion, I believe. And she got to tell people, you know. It's not a, it is a death sentence without being a death sentence. But it's still something that can be prevented. So I, reading this story, you know, the fact that Porter is coming out, the question is now how can his message be proactive? you know, will he be proactive? I'm quite sure he's going to be an advocate of it now. Now that he's out, as a star, you know, and but so many black men who are now identifying as part of the LGBTQ plus community, I think his voice is going to be important. Um, It's going to be, it should be important for uh, cisgender black men and black women because we're just as, and I say we, you know, uh, we're just a part uh we can be a part of the problem we can be part of the solution and with so many of our young sons and daughters coming in contact and and honestly a lot of them are uh living somewhat reckless lives we need voices of empowerment and i don't have to agree with the lifestyle or the person who brings that that message of empowerment, I just need to know that the message is getting out. You know, we we have disproven the purity culture here in the States and, you know, the absence only and all that stuff. We, we've we disproven that those methods are counter-proactive. They don't accomplish the goals that people want them to accomplish or think they should accomplish. But we we got to be a little bit more proactive. We have just got to be real. You know, we cannot be sexually repressive uh, any longer in the black community. We we can't can't be sexually repressed. Uh, uh, look, look. I'm sorry. I see some of your comments and I can't get it up. I get them up. I'm gonna try. Um, somebody said they love, love polls. And somebody said money talks. Yeah, money does talk. Money does a whole lot more than talk. <laughs> money makes ma- makes people happy. Again, if you want to, uh, we're going to try to make sure we get these comments up so uh, they can be seen. If you like, and if you want to join in the dialogue, just call that number, 347-237-5230. And you'll be calling in, and we'll get you on the air if you'd like to make your thoughts known. Um, what was the thoughts I was just saying? But, yeah, we really do need to – we just got to be proactive. And I, I know the church uh, traditionally has been negligent in our approach to sexual uh, issues. We've been negligent. You know, and it has damaged the black church. That's why we got so many preachers and scandals. That's why we have so many uh, men and women having children outside of wedlock. That's why we have, well, that's not mainly why, but it's a contributing factor to so many of the issues that we have in our community because we're sexually repressed and we just got to do better. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's not going to kill us to talk about sex in a healthy way. It's not going to kill us to talk about issues that uh, compound human problems because of unhealthy sexual relationships. That's just the reality of it. Or unhealthy sexual practices. If we want to see those diminish in our community as black folk, then we have to address them directly. Just like I'm an advocate for gun violence prevention and domestic violence prevention, the only way I can really bring that that message of empowerment and liberation is to talk about it and be open with it, you know. So, on one hand, we are we are to applaud uh, Brother Porter for coming out and, and sharing his story. We're hoping that it will save more lives, you know, and prevent more people from getting this disease. It is. What is? Let me take a quick break because there's a couple other things I want to talk about and. I want to make sure that I get that out. All right. Take this break real quick. find it hard to believe, but at one point in your life, you're going to need access to reliable legal services. These issues can be confusing complicated, even a bit embarrassing. That's why I joined the family at LegalShield. LegalShield offers the most affordable, comprehensive legal coverage available and for a small monthly fee. I have access to LegalShield's personal plan that includes attorneys who will represent me and provide me advice, even draft and review documents on my behalf. Not only do they provide excellent legal service, but with their ID Shield, I'm also guaranteed protection from all fraud, including identity theft protection. Did I mention to you, I have so many perks and benefits that come with being a member of Legal Shield? Yeah, that pretty much covered the plan by itself. For the last 45 years, Americans have trusted Legal Shield for all their legal needs, and I'm glad that i joined you. So give them a call. Visit their website, www.legalshield.com. I'm telling you, you will be glad that you did. All right, welcome back to Zero of the Day, Dr. Lorenzo Neal. I am glad that you are joining us today. And wherever you are listening, if you're listening by way of uh, the Internet show on Black Talk Radio, welcome to you. Make sure that you uh, share this. If you're listening wherever you are on social media, like and share. We appreciate it. We appreciate you so much. It, and I want to take this opportunity to invite you to support me and this show. Go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal and become a patron for me. Help me out. You'll see all the tiers and levels that you can uh, support me, help me do stuff like get better studio, better lighting, better mic, better camera, all that stuff. <laughs> as we As we expand and broaden our horizons, we are glad. We're glad we're glad, so do that if you don't mind also if you want to hit me up uh you go send me an email zero media enterprises at gmail dot com zero publishing at gmail dot com either one of those uh, it will get back to me uh yeah that's 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 how it is so i'm i'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap up this last little segment um i wanna talk about <laughs> An article that I read, in um can't remember if it was the griot or the root, it talked about excessive blackness, and it also talked about, there was another one I read about microaggression and blacks being exhausted. As you have probably seen, and if you haven't seen it on the news, you, you know that um, the officers who were initially... Uh, who uh, what's the young man Brown uh, shooting a few weeks back in North Carolina, where those officers have been cleared of any um, any impropriety? their shooting it was deemed justified. Now we the last several weeks, you know, as we've seen more officer-involved shootings um, of that nature across the country, it is heightened us, especially post uh, post Chauvin. The uh, post-Derek Chauvin trial, as we've seen other events happen, and we had what we were celebrating as one success, you know, Chauvin getting indicted and the other officers getting federally indicted as far as violating civil rights. Um, But we're also seeing more shootings where there's been a very, very, very thin line between uh, justified and unjustified, and a lot of states and 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 uh, federal federal uh, government are pushing for this removal of immunity. You know what what is called? Um, uh, oh man, I lost my mind. I lost my mind just a quick. But officers uh, have what's called immunity. In some cases, you know, for shootings, and as an individual who has a, a relative who is a police officer uh, still serving in this moment, is you know, I, I do want uh, my brother who serves uh, in law enforcement, you know, should something happen, I want him to have due process, and I don't want uh, plausible deniability, you know, as we see in the movies or fiction. No, we want accountability. And we want, we want those who, you know, in internal affairs to investigate, and we want them to do it in a way that will not seem as if they're corrupt. And a lot of people are disappointed. A, a lot of people are disappointed because of this, you know, news, because they feel let down. We, for the last several years, we have seen this happen. Officers get charged, and the charges are dropped, or officers are under the, you know, they on administrative leave, pending an investigation, and the investigation shows uh, that they were justified in their action, and we saw this even with um, Eric Garner, those officers, we couldn't believe the entire nation couldn't believe how the uh, leadership found. Those officers, you know, in compliance, and you know they killed the man. And even when it came to um, uh, George Floyd, even the late Rush Limbaugh was was like, "How is this happening?" And I'm not sure if you're aware, he went on to the Breakfast Club and did an interview with the, the the cast black the Breakfast Club, and expressed. How frustrating it is to see this happen seemingly on a regular basis that has compounded this this sense of exhaustion because the media overwhelms us with this every week and and this is you know exaggeration every week we're being bombarded with uh media attention regarding uh persons who have been directly or indirectly um Mishandled by police. Sometimes it leads to a shooting. Sometimes it, it leads to a, a detainment that's unnecessary. Sometimes it leads to uh, just uh, bad behavior on the police. You know, it 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 it's overwhelming and it's exhausting. And then you compound that with this. Uh, the so question, so many black people in the corporate world the professional world their educational will believe they are experiencing and uh um i, I let to give my personal exer- experience when i was in my first graduate program fresh out of college i was also in seminary at the same time i was attending a, a public university and uh i had a white student had a white student older white student and she was a PhD student I was working on my masters and she when we were in class she was just a, a really aggressive toward me not in a in a violent sense or not in a, a racial or prejudice sense she was just you know just the fact I'm the only black male in the entire department and I'm a student but I'm also a, you know graduate teaching assistant I'm doing all this stuff and this person just is just like why are you here? Eventually, and said, you know, you just intimidate me. There's nothing I could say after she told me that. I'm like, how do I intimidate you? We're in the same program. We're doing the same thing. And you already exceeded where I am. I'm trying to get to where you are, and you're saying I intimidate you? And that's That was a form of microaggression that I experienced, and I've experienced so many more since then. Um, but the, the the environment now partially due because of the disconnect with the uh perception of black lives matter, global movement, the Black Lives Matter phrase versus all lives matter and all this other stuff. You know, the microaggressions are becoming more more uh <laughs> more persistent also, you know. We we've coined them as Karen's when they especially with his white female they that does this, and we're seeing, we're seeing that it is becoming a big problem. It's becoming a big problem, we we don't know, but it is. Um, it it, it is, and I, I we just don't know why that is. Uh, having some issues here. Sorry about that. All right. So you have the the excessive perspective, I mean the excessive excessive uh, perception of crimes against black Americans, law enforcement and, and others, and then the in the heightened sense of microaggressions compounded together created this exhaustion. And black folk they just exhausted. They're tired of, of seeing it, they're tired of hearing it, and they're tired of experiencing it. And this is uh they're wondering why are we still experiencing this fifty and sixty years after our our parents, grandparents endured what they did to overcome this. Why are we still experiencing it? Can't we just be free and experience it, you know? Um And though statistically there will be some who argue statistically a lot of these instances are, you know, not significant enough to deem as an epidemic, to deem as problematic. Again, it's the media exposure that makes it seem that way. So every time local news media covers an incident, national news media covers an incident and that's in that cycle for 24 to 72 hours and there's nothing but commentary talking heads pundits always doing talking about it you know what can you expect what what can you expect you can't expect anything else but to be overwhelmed and to be exhausted so the question then becomes what can we do about it what can we do about this overall sense of black exhaustion when it comes to our community? You know, we, we know we have an overwhelming number of young black men being killed at the hands of other young black men, as well as killed in the hands of uh, non-black men. You know some hispanics some some white we also know we're at the hands of law enforcement we also have what is perceived to be an increase in in juvenile the, the uh, rates of attention detention and activity especially crime criminal activity you know from the small stuff is burglary armed robbery to the big stuff is, is murder and we're seeing A a deterioration of the public school system in urban settings that is contributing to this uh, prison uh, school to prison pipeline, and some people don't want to hear that, and I can understand. You know, a lot of people don't want to face the reality of what's happening in many urban centers here in the United States, especially in the South. But the reality is, as, as I said about the HIV. HIV issue. I'm saying it about this. Until we deal with it, speak directly to it, and address it, and be proactive in approaching how we can bring solutions to it, it's going to continue, and we're going to continue to feel overwhelmed. We're going to continue to uh, self help, self hurt. I don't even know if it's a real word. I should know better, y'all. <laughs> I really should. But anyway, I would love to hear what you think about that. If you would like to, Um, you can leave a comment. I'm I'm still having issue bringing the comments on onto the screen. But uh, once we get that fixed, we will make that happen, Gavin. Um, But um, then leave a comment wherever you're watching. If you're listening and you'd like to call again, you can call. We'll get you on the air if you want to do that. I don't think I see anybody right now. But like like I was saying, there's, there's a lot that's going on. There's a lot that we have to address as black folk. And we're experiencing this fatigue. Even, you know, it's compounded by COVID. And yes, even as we're reopening, we're still experiencing the, you know, the fatigue. And my prayer and my hope is that we don't linger in the fatigue and the exhaustion that as 2022 rolls around and you know the the next cycle of elections rolling around that we don't just be ghosted by our politicians or that we just go back on autopilot and vote in blocks that work against us you know for candidates that work against us and and church that we just once we re-enter into our worship spaces, that we don't go back to church as usual, but that we become more aware and conscious of the reality of the world outside of those two and a half hours or so that we worship on a Sunday. We've got to do it. We can do it. We must do it. It's very much necessary because um, what we don't do We'll hurt us. You know, inactivity, inaction really does hurt us. It hurts us bad. And it's been hurting us for generations. But we have the power. You know? We got the power to change things around, turn things around, and we should be able to do it. All All right. I, I'm running out of Steve. <laughs> if you can't tell Uh, But anyway, thank you guys for thinking out, Robbie, to tune in wherever you are tuning in. We appreciate you so much. Make sure, wherever you're watching, by way of uh, Facebook, uh, like and share. And if you don't mind, uh, go ahead and subscribe um, to go to Blog Talk Radio and uh, follow the show if you're not following the show. And we're building a new platform, also, so we'll be streaming not just on uh, Facebook, but we'll also be streaming on YouTube and the new block on uh, the new Zero Today Radio Show website. So that's in the work, and we hope to have that very soon. But anyway, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for thinking in our robbery. Make sure that you support us if you feel so led to do go to patreon.com become a patron of me just patreon slash patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash lorenzo t neal and uh find a tier that you feel comfortable supporting we appreciate it. and every little bit that you do helps us with what we're doing be looking out for a whole lot more we got a whole lot coming up we got some wonderful guests that we'll, we'll be bringing in um getting back on this sh- schedule and um i'll be sending out a poll uh see what is a good time you know we're gonna change the time you know we used to do this wednesday mornings at 11 and we're finding that we need a a, a broader audience so we need to do a broader time i'm not rush Limbaugh, i'm not anybody else who's on at 11 time not dale hughley or all these big guys <laughs> But we're doing what we can to change the world for the better. Amen and amen. But having said all that, thank you so much. We're going to close out. You guys have a wonderful day. Make sure that you follow us on all our social media. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again soon and very soon. Guys, take care.